Hurry up. Schmidt beer, the brew that grew to be best in the Great Northwest. Try a frosty cold glass of Bavarian right away. More doctors smoke camels than any other cigarette. Cheers, everyone, and welcome to the Unfiltered Gentleman Podcast. And now, with a higher BAC than your ABV, Greg and Dan. Hello, everybody. Welcome What's going in. On? I am Greg. This is Dan. That I, is. I told him we were here for a live show. He showed up for a gun show. <laughs> Flexing over here, looking good. Just a little bit. Yes. Uh, thank you guys for coming out. Those of you who came out, those of you who didn't, well, you're welcome. Uh, we are here to talk to the men behind the beer and to drink some of their tasty beers. Because um, who doesn't like having beer? And then after we have some beer, we'll probably have some more beer and then talk about some more beer after that. Uh, we got some interview questions to get through. We've got some beers to taste. They're going to walk us through some samplings of some of their uh, delicious goodness. And we're going to learn about them and all that good stuff. Uh, first, before we get into that, TheUnfilteredGentleman.com is where you find us, as well as at the Unfiltered Gentleman across the board on social media. Unless you're one of those Twitter people, then it's at Unfiltered Gents. And you can also leave us a drunk voicemail, please. 805-538-BEER-2337. We will not judge you like your ex does when you call drunk in the middle of the night. Uh, so please, yeah. <laughs> at least there's one of us. Yeah, we got him. Uh, yeah, Exactly. So uh, without further ado, let's get into what we were here to do. Uh, joining us, Brian and Derek Olson of 818 Brewing. Gentlemen, thank you for coming on. Oh, cheers. Yeah, cheers. Yeah. Cozy on up to those microphones. They're very sensitive. Uh, thanks for having us. Thanks for sharing some delicious beers with us. Uh, before we get into too much about the backgrounds and the history and use guys, uh, let's, let's talk about our beer of the week. Grab your libations, pals. It's time for beer of the week. And if you're drinking well, you know that you're my friend, and I'll say, I think I'll have myself a beer. We're having ourselves a tasty beer. What do we have in front of us right here? Correct. So that is Gravity Hill. It's Gravity our, Hill. It's our Belgian Golden Strong Ale. What's the, give us some stats about this. So that one, uh, ABV is 8.3%. Um, you're going to notice a little... Uh, uh, a little bit of banana, some cloviness, uh, typical of Belgians, and a little bit of spice to it. Uh, that's our uh, kind of our our tribute to Belgium here, and uh, something that we we won a silver medal at the uh, which was that the LA International Commercial Beer Festival. Oh, nice. silver medal! So there you go. Yeah, really Not proud of that shitty. one. Yeah, got a little spice going, a lot of banana, a little bit of clove in there. This is very nice. What did you say the alcohol was on this? Uh, eight three. That yeah. is. Dangerous. Very it is boozy. very dangerous. Very boozy beer. Yeah. And there's something about this one. It's it's got a, a and kind of all in, in the name as well. Gravity Hill. Uh, you know, I, I grew up in Silmar. Uh, Brian is also from the Valley in Reseda. In Silmar, there's a, an urban legend, uh, Gravity Hill, where you. Uh, it's kind of an optical illusion. Right it happens to be right in front of a uh, an old cemetery. Oh. Park your car on the uh, or put your car in neutral, and it rolls rolls forward, and it looks like it's rolling uphill. Oh yeah. So nice. yeah, we used to. Spend many a drunken night there uh, after high school and <laughs> freaking uh, each other out. <laughs> yeah, they had one over at uh, where I live near uh, Santa Paula. And okay, they, they came up with this theory that this like bus like crashed and all these kids died, and that's who's pushing you back up the hill is a bunch of kids. <laughs> that's so, pleasant. Yeah. I know it's not true, but <laughs> it's a nice thought when you're getting drunk and rolling down a the hill. There's all these dead car or kids over here. This is great. Getting pushed by little angels. Yeah. Well, this is delicious. This uh, hides the the eight point three percent quite nicely, uh, maybe too nicely. Yeah, it's it's dangerous. Yeah, but it was a smart one to open up the show with. We need to get a little uh, yeah, moved up before we start talking. Yeah, <laughs> you know how to start things right. Uh, all right. Speaking of starting things, um, let's let's kind of figure out who does what. Brian over here for those of you live, is closest to us. He's waving. He's next to the guns. And that's Derek over there on the end. Cheers, guys. Yeah, Brian, tell us a little bit about what you do around here. Uh, pretty much everything but make beer. Okay. That's, uh, that's Derek's world, but, uh, anything from sales, marketing, um, paying the taxes, Ooh. um, you know, keeping up on our paperwork. The super fun stuff. Yeah. All the, all the paper pushing stuff. Right. So, so Derek, you're the, you're the man behind the beer we're drinking. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the, the head brewer. I have an assistant. Uh, so it's pretty much just us two, uh, on the other side of that wall. Um, and yeah, yeah we come up with all the recipes and, uh, and you know, put the, 
put this beautiful golden stuff on tap. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, also kind of manage uh, any of the build out on the brewery and you know, we pretty much designed all that stuff. And, yeah, we walked uh, in today. You were installing a new glycol chiller. <laughs> yes. Like yeah. how nerdy does it get? Oh, yeah. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I brew some beer and install glycols. Uh, and if anybody needs like a flat tire change, give me a call. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty, very expensive. Pretty, uh, pretty talented dude. <laughs> Apparently. Um, so who started the whole brewing thing? Who's like, hey, we need to make some beer? Uh, it all started really off of curiosity. Um, went into a local bar, craft beer bar, and tried uh, tried craft beer for the first time. <clears throat> and then we were talking about making it. And uh, who else but Derek? You know, growing up, we're cousins. Derek would always, uh, uh, Christmas time, he'd get a remote control car, and like within 10 minutes, it'd be apart. Sure. So he was always been the, the guy to like build stuff, make stuff, and it's like, hey, you want to brew beer? And brewed a home batch. So uh, it all all started in Silmar on a, on a turkey fryer. Nice. So. It's like, hey, you want some free alcohol? Like, yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. That's how it all begins. <laughs> want to have a party? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who likes to party? Yeah. Who, uh, Excuse me, not who, but what was your first batch? Do you remember? Oh, yeah. It was uh, kind of a throwback to our Valley Girl Blonde. Okay. Um, we, that, that, our, our first batch was uh, something from the local homebrew shop that was very similar to it. And we just experimented with it and, and changed it and changed it. And it, it eventually became Valley Girl. Um, but, yeah, it was Blondale. Then we went to Stout's. Um, yeah, tried a, a nice dry, uh, dry Stout. Uh, the Belgian, Gravity Hill. Yeah. That was, that was our biggest hit when we were homebrewing. How good was the first batch? Like um, taste-wise, drinkable. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> so not too bad. I remember, I remember my first glass, but I don't remember after that. <laughs> it was all downhill from <laughs> yeah. there. No drain pours or anything. That mm. came later. Oh yeah, we've done a few of those. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah even when we uh, when we first started uh, here here in the brewery, after when we, we took that step past home brewing, yeah, the first like first two or three, yeah, yeah, yeah it went down the drain. And, That's rough. Oh yeah. It's like, it's like breaking up with an ex-girlfriend or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, it might be harder. All right. So what, uh, what sort of education do you have in brewing? Trial and error? Or did you go to any programs? Uh, yeah, no. I taught you guys. <laughs> uh, we pretty much uh, we started off you know, getting the homebrew kits and, and just homebrewing. And I just started doing my own research from there. Wow. Um, yeah, I read all the yeast, uh, malt, and uh, um, all, the different, all the different books out there and just, you know, Tried to build my knowledge as much as I could and talk to a lot of different brewers out there. We have uh, local brewers up the street. And, and in the San Fernando Valley, there's not too many of us. But you know, we would go down in the South Bay. A uh, big influence on us was, uh, was Strand when we were starting okay, out. Okay, sure. Um, on both the brewing and the business side. So, yeah, I just reached out to a lot of people and tried to gain as much information as we could. But no formal education. But back to the uh, Derek taking stuff apart when he was a kid. <laughs> that played a big part into it. He just understands equipment. Right. And once he... Kind of got the whole idea of what, what needed to go into brewing. It just clicked, and it just okay. I can make this piece of equipment, or I can do this better. And it just every batch on the homebrew side, we were doing something different, uh, just to make it more efficient. And that's carried over to what what uh, happens here at the brewery. I think we were like what maybe five or six batches in before we uh, we brought online our first uh, like official three kettle all uh, all grain brew yeah. system. <laughs> so. Yeah, it moved pretty quick. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Oh, well, I, I was going to say, uh, I saw you in the brewery over there working hard. What, what were you working on, Derek? Uh, so we're just uh, we're doing a big upgrade on our brewery. We're, uh, we're putting in a, a glycol chiller. So in the past, uh, and, and all the beers we're drinking today, uh, we held the fermentation temperatures with, uh, with just cold water that we've, uh, we've kept in storage in our cold box. So as you can imagine, you, you use that to recirculate through the jackets of the tank to hold it at the specific fermentation temperature you want. But if you got too many tanks going on, you're going to warm the water up and you'll get out of profile. So we can only run uh, a certain amount of beer at, at any time. So this chiller gives us the, the, the ability to, uh, uh, to run all six of our tanks. We got three new tanks when we recently upgraded our brewery. Um, and we can run down to lager temperatures. We can cold crash. It just makes everything so much more efficient and uh, gives us the ability to do different styles. Uh, so right now, yeah, we're just just about ready to turn it on. Nice. So no no loggers yet. Not yet. Well, well, we do we do have one. If when we do loggers, we can only do one at a time because it just it, you know we have to we have to takes get it all such the low uh, temperature. Yeah. All it's the very, cooling very power. Oh yeah. So uh, right now we have um, our Chatsworth Park after dark is a Baltic porter, so that uses logger yeast. Nice. 
One thing I always like to ask, Bruce, especially you guys are still fairly new into the business. Mm-hmm. Are you guys still working your quote unquote day jobs? <laughs> no, no, this is it. This is it. This is your this is your day job now. Or uh, full time here. Yep. That's the dream. I, I worked at uh, my last job was at uh, at SpaceX. I was an aerospace engineer. Oh shit! And I was there for four years, and probably the last what two and a half or so, we were uh, we were in the process of putting this place together. Uh, we were functioning. The brewery was was going. And uh, I, I pulled out uh, a little over a year ago, about a year and a half ago, uh, to go full time here. Were you part of the Tesla being launched into space? No, that was just after I left. Oh. I missed that. <laughs> uh, How fun was that? A shame. <laughs> but I was there when the first uh, the first rocket landed. Nice. That was a party. I bet that was a party. Oh, man. Did you supply the beer? No, uh, no. Everyone lives out there, so we went to El Segundo. So, all right. Yeah. At least it wasn't bad. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, what are some of the perks? Having a job like this. That's I mean, this is the obvious. We're all sitting here drinking your tasty beer. Yeah. I'd say this. Yeah. I mean, just, just uh, after putting in a full day, uh, being able to come on into the taste room and, and enjoy and, and talk about uh, what we're doing and, and find out what people like about what we're doing. Yeah. I mean, this, this, this right here is, uh, is what makes it, makes it click. Yeah. I mean, speaking of tasting room, this is uh, fairly new for you guys. You were open for a couple of years at just a brewery. Tasting room came online about uh, seven months ago. Yeah, May, May of this year. Yeah. yeah. What was that process like? Because I had to Brian, be honest. of that one. Yeah. That, was, that was nasty. We don't have a long enough podcast for that. Yeah. <laughs> Let me get my scroll out. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I was pleasantly surprised with how nice the tasting room. A lot of times, you walk into a tasting room, it's like, all right, they threw up some chairs and whatever. You guys did a good job. And, and a lot of this, uh, uh, Derek and and. Uh, also, my uncle, they had a lot of the finishing touches and all the construction. I mean, we pretty much did um, what didn't require, like, a professional plumber or electrician um, has been done by, by us. So uh, a lot of time, thought, just re-going re- over the details. And, um, yeah, there's a lot of... A lot of uh, Whatever it was, needing of a code sign-off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. Now I got a quick question. Yeah. Where do those French doors lead to? <laughs> Sorry, I've been just staring at them. I know there's a bathroom on the other side, so I'm like, it can't be to that. So those are uh, repurposed. They were in here when we took over the unit. Okay. They were in a different spot. But uh, basically, that's our janitor closet. We had a oh, okay. little, little extra space. Very fancy. And, uh, that is a fancy janitor's closet. <laughs> uh, do everything top notch around here. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> that was a very pressing question. I'm glad you. <laughs> yeah, it was bothering yeah. me. I was like, I'm just staring at yeah. it right now. We walked in and I was like, what are those French doors for? And I totally forgot. <laughs> people think it goes to a patio or something. Right. Yeah. yeah. It looks like it would. You should just, just tell people that's the beer garden. It's that's closed today. <laughs> it's closed today. Sorry. Oh, God. Uh, when did you guys first start shipping out beer? Ooh, November 2015? November 2015 was our yeah. first keg on tap outside of a... Was that a Valley Girl? Uh, Matador Red. Matador. Yep. Oh, yeah. Matador, for those who don't know, the local... Uh, was it Sun over here? That's their yep. their mascot. Um, and how long did it take from actually starting brewing operations to get that first keg shipped out? Uh, we were signed off... or Our company started in October of 2014. Uh, August of 2015, we were approved by the city, and then November... 2015, we... Okay. A little bit of time. A little bit of time. It's, it's always fun dealing with local governments. Yeah, yeah. Wow. But uh, from uh, actual tasting room, though, going back to that, uh, that took about 455 days to get from pre-application to opening. Actually counted the days. Yeah. Did you have a calendar with, like, X's? And- <laughs> well, it went from, like, it went from, okay, we're going to be open in February, we'll be open in May, but, yeah, just, it just kept going around the calendar, so... Fair enough. Yeah. Um, all right. Just so anybody who's here wants to know, we are going to do uh, a little bit of trivia in a couple of you. We're going to give away some stuff. So stay tuned for that. But um, <laughs> the crowd likes stuff. <laughs> Before we get to that, all right, a couple more questions. We've got some more beers to get through. Uh, so Tap Room opened recently. Any surprises when you're going through the process of opening the Tap Room? I always like to talk about like the government process because it's such a pain in the ass. Yeah. It's always fun to hear like what awesome code write-offs you were having to jump through. Oh, and- yeah. I mean, there was there was the whole thing of getting the covenant modified for the at the nope. very end that was the very end but uh everything uh from parking spaces that was that was a main main issue you have to go to the neighborhood council and they wanted us to have oh, like yeah, 70 parking spaces yeah. right or something. and it's just like well parking a lot of times dictates how many people you can have inside the building yeah. which is hilarious yeah. another one when we went to the uh, the neighborhood council was uh, our hours of operation oh sure so 
uh, when we went in there, you know, legally in, in the city of LA, bars and you know, restaurants, any, any place that can serve that serves alcohol, unless they're further regulated for any other reasons that they, you know, pr- previous uh, failures on their license, they're regulated till two a.m. Okay, six a.m. to two a.m. Yeah. Six a.m. to two a.m. So that's what we applied for in our hours, right? Oh. And we had to fight with the neighborhood council to get that get them to support us for that. Really. <laughs> Yeah. It was it was really funny because you go to the, you go to the uh, the historic building where they, they hold the neighborhood council meetings and there's uh, there's all the uh, the rocket iron stuff on the wall the space sh- space shuttle and, and rocket engines and all stuff they're super <laughs> proud of yeah and one of the one of the uh, the members of the board uh, on the council was uh, was an employee of uh, of Aerojet across the street okay so we were put to, we were pushing on it like given all the reasons why hey you know and that that was the one that I think Brian came up with this one that. Uh, like, hey, what time does your last shift get off work? And he's like, oh, probably oh, 11.30, close to 12 o'clock. It's like, so you're saying that your last shift can't have a beer, you know, before they, uh, before they head home? And that is know. important. You know, we operate it all. We're in L.A. There's uh, business operates around the clock. So, and that, that kind of was the one thing that sealed the deal to get us uh, our, our ability to be open until 2. We're, we closed we close at midnight. But right. We can we can stay till two, oh, okay. or the last so shift was, can stay till yeah. two and have a couple of beverages. Or like the Dodgers when they go eighteen yep. innings, um, we were able to stay yep. stay open. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, what was that like twelve forty five when they finally ended? <laughs> yeah. uh, and then they broke our hearts a couple nights mm-hmm. later. Oh, we don't need to get into that. No, yeah. Yeah. Let's do some giveaway stuff. Uh, does anybody want to win free stuff? I know these guys like free stuff. This guy likes free stuff. <laughs> we have some beer trivia. The winners. Uh, get some free pretzel necklaces if I can find where I put them. Dude in the white shirt and the hat, you want to come on up? Yeah. Come on up. Let's do some beer trivia. Right on. Dance beer. I didn't do a pretzel necklace. All right. Head on over right, right down there. There's a microphone for you. Give me the pink mic. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, sorry, man. It's not a reflection of your manhood or anything. <laughs> it looks good on you. Well, I guess uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month there just ended. Yeah, Absolutely. And we all like boobies. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. This guy's awesome. Yeah. Are you looking for a new job? We <laughs> might need a new co-host. All right, here we go. You got to get uh, two out of three of these right. That's pretty simple. It's easy beer questions. Some of them are 818 questions. So beer is the third most popular drink in the world after what two drinks? If you just get one of them, I'm, I'm okay with it. Oh, I'm okay with one? I can go yeah. 50% of this. We'll yeah. go with wine. Nope. Really? Beer is more popular than wine. Yeah. I thought it is shocking. It. No, it's, it's the way it should be. <laughs> so beer is the third most popular drink behind two others, and one is not wine. One is not wine. What else do you drink? <laughs> yeah. right? I'll give you another hint. It's not hard alcohol either. Well, let's go coffee. Oh, so close. Water is one answer. <laughs> water is a drink. Really? Who drinks that? Who counts water? <laughs> Here's the other answer. Tea. Water is in beer and in wine. It is. And in coffee. Yes. So I agree with you. By more, proxy, more coffee and wine, dude. By proxy, you got it somewhat correct. Uh, okay. If you were listening, you know this answer. 818 Brewing released their first keg in November of what year? 15. Money. And finally... I was barely paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> Just enough. The important things. The important things. So you do listen to the show. <laughs> hey, I've been hydrating. Yeah. There you go. Absolutely. And then finally, uh, hops add what to the taste of beer? Hops and what add to the taste of beer? We're going to go with no, no. yeast, sir. I'm sorry. They add what? ADD. Oh, hops add what? What do they add to beer? What type of flavor? So or we're talking about bitterness? Yes, sir. Oh, wow. I think we have a winner. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> if you turn around. What do I win, Bob? <laughs> <laughs> We've got a uh, lovely yeah, bling lunch. bling right behind you. Lunchtime. <laughs> I really, I told you, I didn't want a... Pretzel necklace. I went through all of GABF without a pretzel necklace. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, you can save it till next year. It might be a little stiff, though. There you go. Heard that before. (laughs) (laughs) What is your name, sir? I'm the Fontana Jim. I like it. Thank you, Fontana Jim. Thank you for playing. Yep. Juice says hi. (laughs) Cheers, buddy. You just sat there right on the table. 
Perfect. Anybody else want to uh, want to play around? Yeah, who wants to follow that up? I know. <laughs> that guy nailed it, except for the whole coffee, tea, water thing. Hey, I think he got. He should have got that right. That's true. Water is in like everything. It's yeah. kind of kind of not a, not fair. Back to the beer that's in front of us. What has just been dropped off? Let's see here. We have uh, Valley Girl Blonde, Matador Red, First Stage IPA, and Good Day IPA. All right. What should we start off with? Valley Girl. Okay, let's uh, Dan go for That's it. Valley girl, right? What are we tasting here? What's the what's the stats on it? That one is five point six percent. Should be light floral, citrusy, just a nice uh, medium body blonde. Cold yeast. Cold yeast, yeah. Oh, what's, nice. What's the ABV on that? <clears throat> five six. Drink all day. Yep. Mm-hmm. Not too shabby. Very nice. That's a Valley Girl. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody likes a blonde Valley Girl. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's good. All right. Uh, you guys, uh, Derek and Brian, I have some rapid-fire questions for you. First thing that comes to your mind, we'll let Brian start off, and then we'll go to Derek. Cozy on up to that microphone there. Got it. What was the first beer you ever drank? Natty Light. Ooh, yeah. First beer you ever brewed? Uh, blonde. Beach Blonde. Okay. Ooh, beach Blonde. The fir- first beer you brewed and sold, and this might be more of a Derek question. Uh, matter of work. All right. Uh, Brian, cans or bottles? Bottles. Favorite beer food pairing? Got to be like steak or some heavy, I don't know, brisket in, in an IPA. You had me a brisket. <laughs> what about you, Brian? Uh, IPA and, and Mexican food. What's your, uh, what's your Tuesday night beverage of choice? Does not have to be beer. Uh, sleep. <laughs> Good answer. Uh, what's your beer case beercation destination? Uh, Germany. Portland. Yeah, Colorado or Portland. Who said Portland? It's not a bad one. It's another good answer. That is a good answer. Uh, favorite outside non eight one eight beer. Me. I know this. One, this one's for Brian. We're gonna get to Derek in a minute. <laughs> oh, this is all mine. This oh, is all you. Sure. Okay. You, you can't uh, oh, shove off on answers here. <laughs> Uh, non eight one eight would be uh, a hop range from uh, knee deep. Okay, favorite non beer related hobby. Non beer related hobby. There is, be, is uh, there such a thing? I don't, I don't have any. <laughs> Shit. Because no matter what hobby it is, I drink beer during it. <laughs> uh, baseball. Anything baseball related. I'll take it. Okay. And your favorite word or slang for being drunk? Uh, hammered. Hammered. All right. Fair yeah. enough. All right. Derek's had time to think about this. He's had time to copy answers. Uh. Derek, what's the first beer you ever drank? Probably MGD. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Keeping it classy. Yeah. First beer you ever brewed? Uh, yeah, that, that blonde. Mm-hmm. And then uh, first beer you brewed and sold is at the, the Matador. Matador. Uh, are you a fan of cans or bottles? Bottles. It's Tuesday night. What are you drinking? Ooh. Yeah. Um, probably, uh, probably either a Valley Girl or a uh, Bodie's Bone. Okay. What's your beercation destination? Yeah, definitely Germany. Yeah. Germany. Guten Tag. Uh, favorite outside non eight one eight beer? Uh, well, like another throwback to Germany, uh, Weinstephan Vitas. Ooh, oh, getting fancy. I know. <laughs> Old school. What's your favorite non beer hobby besides like putting know. rockets in space? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably uh, like that one's okay. <laughs> probably mountain biking. Okay. And uh, your favorite word or slang for being drunk? Being shithoused. Nice. <laughs> oh. I think that's the second time we've gotten shithoused, actually. <laughs> that is a popular one amongst the brewers. <laughs> I dig it. Um, all right, so give us we, – we talked a little bit about when you guys started and, and, and all that stuff, but when did 818 begin? Like, how did, how did it come to fruition? Um, we, we did – on the homebrew side, we did a few uh, uh, art festivals where you were able to donate your homebrew. Okay. And uh, – that was our first time getting getting feedback from non friends like oh your guys beers good you know you give a friend a free beer it's like yeah that's great it's best right yeah free beer is always delicious yeah so uh, it's the best kind of beer that's what kind of made us start thinking about about possibly opening a brewery one day just that idea mm. um, and it was after you know three or four of these festivals where people were like hey where can we buy the beer and so people just like pushing us going hey where can we get your stuff yeah we finally we were spending a lot of time on it every weekend and we just sat down and said hey do you want to do it. And uh, it did come to like that, that fucking moment. Like, let's do it, <laughs> and and that's what we said. Let's do it. That's awesome. And, and uh, you know, we'll start small. We'll start where we can, 
we can manage and see where it goes from there. And now you guys got some big old tanks back there. And, no kidding. Oh, yeah. yeah. I like big tanks and it's I cannot lie. It's been a ride. Yeah, it has. Um, it does. Do you guys have a favorite style to brew? I don't know. It's a, it's kind of a love-hate relationship with Valley Girl. Um, she's fucking stubborn. They all, they all are. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's one where you can't really, uh, you can't screw up or you're going to notice it. Yeah. Um, with, uh, with IPAs or anything hoppy, if, it, if, if you don't get a, a totally completed fermentation or something's not perfect, the hops mask it to a certain extent. But blondes, you know, light lagers, it's, it's hard to hide anything. So you can really kind of appreciate that as a brewer. Mm-hmm. Same way, I mean, yeah, lagers are, now you're going to start breaking into more lagering now. It's... It's oh, dicey. Yeah. Well, that's yep. why we've dumped a few batches, too. We, every every time we put new equipment on, we always brew it with Valley Girl. Yep. So in case there's anything, uh, a- any issues, you can taste it. You right know off right the off the bat. Yeah, and then, cool. Yeah. So. How do you guys feel about all the hazy styles coming out? Well, that's, being the unfiltered gentleman, I don't, I don't know. That's cute, man. <laughs> <laughs> there's no wrong answer. <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm not really all about that, but... We, we stick to more West Coast here. Yeah. Okay. Right on. I mean, one of my favorite answers is like after years and years of figuring out how to find beer and filter it, we've yeah. just gotten really lazy. Yeah. There's a lot of breweries that just, yeah, yeah, pretty pretty much that. Don't do not uh, do any finding agents, anything to, to remove any remaining yeast and sometimes add proteins during the boil. The, yeah. It just, it's kind of gross. And you let, <laughs> and there's there's no way. You can't keep it in a bottle. It's just, or in a can. It, it, it's not going to last. and. It's good, good for a certain amount, and it's you know, many times very, very sweet. And yeah, just I don't know, it's I, not my, not my thing. My only issue is I've never, I've never found one that I just really enjoy. Yep. Um, besides the brewing process and all that, just I just haven't found an hazy that I'm like, man, that's awesome. I'm sure so. to shave a couple of minutes off your brew pre- process, that's <laughs> for sure. Yeah, the worst is I got a can from the East Coast that when I poured it out it was like chunky <laughs> and it was a little gray. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. You don't want that gray. No, no that was uh, that was delicious. It's not cool. Yeah. <laughs> What would you say is the most exciting thing about uh, opening up your own brewery? I mean, I would say free beer, but I don't know if you guys have a different answer. Probably the tasting room. Just yeah, you know, getting to see people you know in person, enjoy enjoy what you're what you're doing and what you're all about. You know, that's, that's definitely it. Very nice. Yeah, I said it earlier, like when you put in a, a long whatever it be twelve hour day, sixteen hour day, and then you come in here to the tasting room. Um, I, I've gone in there and seen Derek just dripping with sweat. And then he comes out here and he just. Well, yeah. Just, yeah, it's totally a, it's worth a, it's it. A, it's a magical door. Yeah, it's a magical, <laughs> magical door. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just the people and, and just enjoying something that we're, we're putting so much effort and work and passion Very gratifying. Into. Oh, yeah. And that's something kind of cool about what we the, the way we designed our brewery and tasting room is that we have a big window right behind the bar so you can see into the brewery. And once we get that, that chiller going and, and all those tanks running, we'll be brewing more often. And we could be at a full brew day, like, right in the middle of it and people can be on the side drinking and it's not it's not noisy there's no there's not i mean you're still like in the brewery from what you can see but it's not like overpowering the whole place right so we meant it we we, we designed it in order to function 100 percent while you have the tasting room open right on so you have to keep your pants on while you're brewing yeah i haven't put a uh, any kind of a little drop down blind thing in there yet yeah. but that's next, right? <laughs> only, only if uh, I get some complaints. Yeah. Well, we're uh, beginning of November here. I think it's like 94 degrees outside. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Beautiful, huh? Oh, that's rough. Uh, all right. Before we move on, what's up next in our uh, flight of deliciousness? Say red? Yeah, Matador would be a good next step. Matador that, red? That's red one right here? Yeah, that's that red one. <laughs> so astute. I know. Right? I love yeah. the name. Lord, that's awesome. You know, after this beer, we should have a beer sometime. Yes. <laughs> Give us some stats on uh, Matador Red. So on the ABV is 5.8, just a couple uh, couple fractions higher than Valley Girl. Uh, so, yeah, that's one you can you can easy drinker. Uh, definitely caramel notes, a little bit of chocolate. Um, nice, yeah, smooth, easy drinking amber ale. Yeah, it's uh, got some nice malt qualities to it. Mm-hmm. The chocolate was a little pleasant surprise. Yeah. You usually don't get that in a red. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, very yeah, that tiny. surprised me. Tiny bit of uh, Scottish 400 uh, chocolate malt in there to, to give it that touch. Yeah, that's nice. Nice. Something so, that uh, a lot of breweries aren't focusing on is reds. Yeah. I know one of Dan's favorite is uh, Evil Dead Red yeah. from Aylesbury. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. That was actually we what we, what we yeah, it was an inspiration to it. We we kind of modeled it after that one, added a couple more malts to it, and uh, and made it lighter in ABV because you know 
Yeah, but you know, seven percent red. You can't have too many of them. But. That was the last beer that we uh, we homebrewed, right? It was it, when we uh, when we opened the brewery. Uh, we were a little nervous about it because that was the it was basically the second batch that we had brewed ever was our first production batch, and that was the one we released to bars, restaurants, and it just it was one of those beers where it just it just worked. Yeah, most of them we've had to run a few times to get it right. And it, from the beginning, it's been where we want it, which is even nicer because uh, I wouldn't say that people seek out reds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, and that's why we did it. It was it was a kind of a category that nobody was really in, and if they were, they were hoppy. So, yeah. good job getting the red down. This is this is a red. There's no mistaking it. You know, some of them are a little more brown than red. This is red. This is beautiful. No messing around. So, how far is uh, your guys's reach nowadays? We're, we're, for those of you who don't uh, who aren't here, we're in the West Valley. Canoga Park. We uh, Park. Distribution wise, we close to the porn capital of the world. The uh, oh, uh, like, the like around the corner. Yeah, yeah. like a, like a block away. Could have been filmed in here. Yeah. yeah. In fact, that couch over there is looking a little, a little rough. Suspicious. The French yeah. doors. Yeah, the French doors. <laughs> Pizza <laughs> delivery. Got to open those after five. In hundred percent honesty, if you if you like Osborne is this next street right here. Yep. If you go down half a block on the left hand side is the uh, the, Larry, the old Larry Flint Studios. Yeah, Hustler. Oh, oh. Hustler Studios. Yes. Yep. Bye guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Yeah. So recently of this week, we touch into Thousand Oaks distribution hey. wise. So from Thousand Oaks to uh, Granada Hills to La Cañada. Okay. Uh, and then down to like Studio City is our, our current distribution area. Nice little footprint. Yeah, yeah. Stay in. Uh, uh, our focus is really again being eight one eight brewing is pretty much on the valley. Um, we'll hopefully dabble into Santa Clarita one of these days. Yeah, that's going to be with uh, extended production. Yeah, they're just as hot as they are here, so it's, yeah, <laughs> works yeah. out well. Yeah. Why do you uh, what do you attribute to the the growth? I mean, you guys aren't you haven't been around for a long time. You certainly haven't had a tap room for a long time. I think it is just our, our focus on the beer. You know, we have we have a we have a good name, eight one eight. It, it uh, people are interested in it. Yeah, off the bat, and then uh, follow, people people get it. They know what eight one eight is. Yeah, following it up with with quality beer is 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 important. So mm-hmm. um, our growth has come from getting taps, and can, people continue to order every week, and we just keep delivering kegs and. Uh, and just keep hitting the accounts that want to support us. Yeah, and another thing is that when we uh, when we first opened up, that was that was where we our, our main strategy was we, we weren't thinking about the tasting room. We just went straight to the to distribution. So distribution is marketing. So where other breweries may have just started out with a tap room and that's paying the bills, us being in distribution, we've gotten our name further away than just uh, just local tap room. So that's definitely helped us since we opened up. Okay. Uh, what's it like being among one of the you know the first few in the valley to just get on the brewery scene? Uh, awesome. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the, the, we're we're a tight group. Um, everybody from San Fernando to McLeod to Hanbrood, Celador Ales. Now we're all yep. we're all in communication. We're all friends, and uh, just uh, being kind of like the pioneers of the valley. Is, yeah, exactly. Is, uh, there's been there's been those times we've been pulling our hair like we talked about the city stuff earlier we didn't go too much into it but like there was times where we were just like man people said not to open up in LA <laughs> yeah, we know why, why. Like, yeah. well, well when you're one of the first sometimes you're the experimental yeah. brewery yeah. that gets uh, they're watching you yeah but uh, we've we've all been in, involved in change in the city of LA to to change laws and and with we're doing that with beer and that's just that's awesome so um, getting into this there's there's stuff that we've been involved in that. Had no idea we'd get into, and it's been yep. been an awesome ride. Cool. And to follow up on what Brian's saying, uh, one of the big things, and, and this is this is all Brian, um, is that uh, he pushed with uh, uh, with our local uh, uh, was it the Chamber of Commerce, and uh, work closely with them to to help you know push push our representatives and and, and push the people higher up in the state to like actually actually change the laws. We we, we had the laws changed for. Uh, uh, our uh, wastewater uh, uh, discharge fees, which are like crazy high, for they, they put us in the same category as Budweiser. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. And so, you know, Brian worked one on one. Have they with not tasted to... your beer? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty fucked up. And <laughs> seen, seen how big we are. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, Brian worked one on one with them to to really like uh, actually put a case for it to you know this is this is really how much water goes down the drain, how much we use. Like, you know, we're, we're a pimple on, on their ass. Like, you know, you can't charge <laughs> us the same for this stuff. And we've actually got the fees reduced to help 
uh, other breweries open up in the future in the San Fernando Valley and in Los Angeles. Yeah. So you know, a lot of breweries that open up near other breweries find it helpful because, hey, we're new, so you went for the neighbors next door, and now you're coming over for us because we're within walking distance. Absolutely. Just, do, you, do you find that as like a little bit of a detriment not being around other breweries, or is it nice being kind of like out on your own? Um, well, we do have uh, hand brewed is about uh, what are they about two miles down the road? No. Um, and they taste room just opened up, so it's, yeah. it's us too. So we do we do notice that people are going. From hand to us, back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but yeah, there's nobody else around. You know, San Fernando's a decent amount away. Mm-hmm. It's McLeod, um, but it's uh, starting to get a, the culture of like, hey, we tried all the different breweries in the valley, and right, yeah, yeah it's awesome. that's cool. I kind of feel like it makes like a destination where there's more than one. You know what I mean? Yep. They'll, you know, yep. they'll hit you guys up and they'll go back over there, or Absolutely. vice versa. So. Absolutely, that's awesome. It's always nice when you can do one Uber ride and then walk around. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. All right. Before we move on. What's next in our lineup of deliciousness? First stage IPA. Ooh. Probably getting hoppy. Dan always. This is named after the uh, the rocket engine across the street at, at Aerojet. Okay. And then uh, Derek will talk more about the rocket yeah. side of yeah. things. Yeah. Let's get some beer stats and some <laughs> rocket stats. Yeah, so that one is six. Is that six nine? Six nine percent. Um, you get a little bit of blend of uh, earthy, earthy hop tones as well as citrus. Um, you have uh, Amarillo, uh, Simcoe, and Centennial on the dry hop on that one. Okay. Um, and with with our IPAs, we kind of our idea when when we started making IPAs is to make something balanced, so not just hop water, something that that does have a little bit of body to it, but that definitely does have that big hop aroma to it, and not not so much bitterness to to scare people off that are not insane hop heads. No. So no. which is. You know, we got something coming out for that too, and we just so got an approval on this one from the audience. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's gone. It's, it's gone. gone. <laughs> uh, either loved it or hated it. One oh, of the I'm going to go with loved it. Yeah, this is nice. This is well balanced. It's not like a, a kicky in the teeth kind of pine tree. I'm not drinking a Christmas tree, which mm-hmm. is nice. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, it's got a little hop to it, but not too much. Well, like what Derek said there too. With us, uh, our, our main focus was distribution in the beginning. So all our beers we had to put on tap at places and let them stand on their own. There had, there had to be. There was no explanation of us there to explain what we did. Um, so everything has pretty much stayed like in our lane, stayed very in the box. And then now we're gonna we're gonna eventually have that kick you in the teeth yeah, IPA, right. and and we're getting there. But um, all of our beers seem to be like a solid representation of that style. And I, and I can appreciate that too that you guys balanced it out because it's got the hop aroma. And like I said, if it's an IPA, like you gotta you gotta have that at least. Let me know I'm drinking an IPA. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? But. Like I said, it's it wasn't very surprising. Kick you in the teeth, right? Pops like yeah. very balanced, good drink. I like this one. All right, is there a, a certain focus that you guys lean towards when it comes to brewing? Um, I think it's it's kind of an ever changing, ever changing thing as we as we progress. You know, as a uh, as a beer drinker, when you when you have different styles, you, you, you tend to like not be into that style anymore. And I'm in, I'm into this, whatever. And, and then they, sometimes they come back. And I, I think for us, when we first when we first started out, it was it was being that um, that IPA that we could uh, they could be like a gateway beer. Yeah. They could bring, they could bring people. Since we're in the San Fernando Valley, there's like you said, there's there's no craft. Was it four of us, four or five of us around here yeah. now? And when we started out, there was only a couple. Um, and try to bring people to craft beer. So that's why we, we kind of start off with that balance. And the balance is a, kind of a hard thing to, to maintain. It's easy to, you know, it, it's easy to just throw a dry hop in and just, just make it crazy. And, and we're going we're gonna to be doing that with, uh, we've got one coming up here pretty soon uh, that will be on tap in the, ta- in the tasting room. But that was our main thing is, is, is creating beers with balance that, you know, people could appreciate getting into the craft beer industry. And now I think we're going to start going, you know, pushing that line. Here in the tasting room with, with new styles, and we're we're implementing a uh, a little one barrel test batch system that we're oh, going to nice. be we're going to be brewing, and also uh, welcoming our staff to come and brew on and, and start throwing their ideas. So now it's going to be the doors are Pandora's box is open now. <laughs> Do you guys ever want um, like a really bad beer brewed on that thing? Just let me know. I'll, yeah. over <laughs> I'll put some together. It sucks pretty bad. And like what Derek said, we we started brewing what we wanted to drink, and now yeah. at the tasting room, it's feedback from the customers, feedback from staff, feedback of what people want. So like you're saying, like hazies, we might we might be like, eh, hazies, but if enough people say, hey, make a hazy, 
Um, Brian will make a hazy now. Then I'll, then I'll go back there. And <laughs> <laughs> I guess. <laughs> if you insist. If it's going to make the money. Right. Is there... I'm just dropping shit. Whoa. Is there a, uh, a beer here that you're most proud of? Most proud of? Uh, it's going to be tied between Gravity Hill and Good Day. Um, those are ones that came from, from the homebrew world and have transitioned in, into the brewery and the quality and, and, and just that, seeing them develop. Those are those are my two favorite. Okay, Derek, as a brewer, as the man who's uh, sweat over these beers and not been able to take his pants off in the brewery because there's a window <laughs> right there. <laughs> um, I, I usually say Gravity Hill, but I'm, I'm starting to lean more and more towards uh, uh, Chatsworth Park After Dark. It's one of our seasonals. Okay, um, I like it's, it. It's a really nice one. We can get some of that here in a minute too. I really like this Matador Red Ale. Like, <laughs> all the other beers can stay right here in the center. They're good, and I'll share them with you. But this one's mine, dude. I'm taking this one. <laughs> yeah. I'm digging it. The, the, the other crowd's agreeing over there. Yeah. The Matador Red. Oh, she's drinking one. Yes. Matador Red. All right, we got some uh, quick booze news to get to. Uh, before we do that, though, what is our last beer on the table? Good Day IPA, our good. double. Does that have anything to do with Good Day LA? Uh, no, it's more with the uh, ice cube and. Uh, oh, okay. There you go. Even better. <laughs> there you go. I was like, you guys really like morning news. It's really <laughs> weird. <laughs> yeah. All right. So tell us a little about Good Day IPA. Uh, that one is nine point two percent. It's a hundred percent citra dry hop. Um, uh, definitely a little bit of uh, amber malt in it. Um, so you get you get that body, but it, but it's uh, it's just def- it's a big. Big IPA. It's um, raining hops. <laughs> this is uh, this is dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Like, it doesn't taste like nine point two. I don't know where that booze went, but it's delicious. It's all there. Yeah, <laughs> and that is still balanced, still not insanely hoppy. Oh In fact, God. one might say that's more balanced than the other IPA. And I, good day came before uh, first edge. Yep. Good day was off of uh, homebrew homebrew days. All right, so I got to ask Dan now. As a hophead. Oh, <laughs> Matador Red or Good Day IPA? Uh, I, I was just doing the math in my head right now, dude. I don't know. <laughs> it's such a good beer, dude. Like, oh, man. I don't know. Always reaching for the red. I got to go back to the red. Oh. I guess now that it's finished, maybe I'll, I'll go to the, <laughs> the Good Day now. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Let's, uh, let's do a quick little bit of booze news. You guys can crack wise with us, and then we'll, uh, we'll go drink some more beer. Right on. Extra, extra, drink all about it. It's time for booze news. All right, I have a great marketing plan for you guys. All right. Airplane and beer. Okay. BrewDog, I'm sure we've all heard of BrewDog, is having BrewDog Airlines. In 2019, they're going to take their equity punks to another level, they say. Mile high. Uh, Apparently, they will be uh, chartering a flight from England to Columbus, Ohio, on the plane, there will be lots of craft beer samplings and pairings, and even more when you land and go to the BrewDog Brewery. Oh, shit. So when can we expect the A18 Airlines? Yeah. That'd be a, <laughs> that sounds like a rocket question. Yeah, yeah. put, put yeah. in a yeah. rocket now. We do have a rocket scientist with us here. I feel like we can get this solved. Yeah. 2021. 2021. <laughs> you heard it here first. We'll, we'll fly from Van Nuys to Santa Monica. It's <laughs> <laughs> all I need. Yeah. Get up to about a thousand feet and drop back down. That'd be awesome. That would be great. There's a new craft brewer definition that's in the works right now. Have you guys heard about this? No. Okay. So the current craft brewing definition is you have to be less than six million barrels, uh, less than twenty five percent owned by a non craft brewer, and uh, traditional ingredients have to be the majority of the volume that's derived from your brewery. They're thinking about scratching that last thing about traditional ingredients. What do you guys think of that? Uh, I think it's a good category. Um, sticking to true styles and, and and not adding adjuncts. I don't know if you could just consider that only craft, though. Yeah, because they're, they're basically opening it up to people who add a bunch of adjuncts. Yeah. You can you can now add a bunch of adjuncts and still be craft. Mm. I'm still stuck on that. What did you say, six million barrels? That's, that's the cap yeah. for... Uh, yeah. which is, which <laughs> no. <laughs> really? Well, you know Boston beer goes up to that cap and then stops. Like they can make more if they wanted to. That's but, insane. Yeah. It's, it's everybody, but is that twenty twenty one? I think or? we need to go backwards on that. That right? whole part <laughs> sounds like so many <laughs> barrels, dude. <laughs> more on the gallons versus the 
what goes in. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, yeah, craft brewery. I'm, I'm thinking microbrewery, which is below 60,000 gar- yeah. below 60,000 barrels, but Jesus. What do you think about the ingredients? Um, so, so we're saying that, like, uh, for adjuncts and stuff, like, now you can add that in? Well, they're like, saying that for, in order to be craft, you have to have a majority non-adjunct beer. Okay. I mean, your beers on tap have to be of the majority non-adjunct. I, now, now they're going to wave, talking about waiving that. I don't know. I mean, we have, uh, I guess it... So you have something like, um, or the guys that that do the uh, the non hop Solark. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I, yeah. I would hate to pull from them someone like that that's so just doing you know no hops or you know if you want to use corn and rice and whatever the hell you, you know and, and you're making like something wild and different why, why yeah why should you I mean shelter category yeah shelter up in Mammoth has a peanut butter and jelly beer that has zero hops in it and it's delicious technically it's not a beer because there's no hops that's in it but. Yeah. So, and don't be shy, everyone. If you guys join the party, we don't bite. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. come on in, sit down. I mean, yeah. Brian, Brian bites a little, but uh, <laughs> overall, we don't bite. It's only behind the. Yeah. Only once you step into the French doors, <laughs> that's where the biting happens. Uh, if you guys <laughs> were in uh, Iceland recently, you might be a little short on beer. Thirsty American troops emptied the. Reykjavik beer supply. You've been there, right? Reykjavik? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> According to Newsweek, thousands of troops stopped by for a quick drink uh, in Reykjavik, Iceland. I'm sure I'm butchering that name. Uh, this past weekend, the military personnel were on their way to Sweden and Finland for a uh, NATO joint venture there. It's the largest military exercise since the Cold War. They made a stop in the Nordic Islands open, uh, Nordic Islands city of Reykjavik. The short of it is they cleared out all their beer. They were calling other breweries to see if they could, uh, produce more. They could not. Wow. And, uh, bars were borrowing from other bars. It was mayhem. There was no more Einstock. No more Einstock. <laughs> yeah. All I can think of is USA. I mean, good job, American troops. Yeah, yeah you've done us proud. It's, Showed uh, out. Yeah. We're going to have a Veterans Day uh, deal here, so they can all come here and drink. They might drink yeah. you dry. Yeah, yeah, let's do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. No kidding. <laughs> Please come and drink them dry. Uh, New York Prohibition Party seeks an alcohol ban throughout the state. A political party seeking to ban beer, wine, and spirits has reformed in New York. Uh, dormant since the 1940s, the New York Prohibition Party reemerged in 2017 with a goal of establishing a lasting prohibition of the manufacture and sale of alcohol to abolish the alcohol industry and to establish a teetotal culture. What? (laughs) What the hell? Abolishing alcohol? Abolishing alcohol. So homebrewing is going to surge there. Look at that. Thank you, crowd. Let's cut their funds. That's ridiculous. Who's supporting them? We would like to jump you in the The people that are drinking water, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, the water (laughs) people drinking water. (laughs) Water and tea people. Water and tea. They're leading the way. They should just call themselves the water and tea party. Yeah, we need to drink more beer. (laughs) Yeah. Hashtag drink more beer. These these guys need to be hung or something. That's ridiculous. Oh, God. (laughs) And uh, finally, a drunken baggage handler gets a free flight from Kansas City to Chicago. You guys ever been so drunk that you might have fallen asleep in the belly of a plane? Uh, Oops. (laughs) <laughs> the baggage handler working on an American Airlines flight at Kansas City, uh, while allegedly drunk on Saturday, fell asleep <laughs> in the forward cargo hold of a Boeing 737 and flew to Chicago. He was discovered when the aircraft arrived at the gate in Chicago, according to a statement from American Airlines. The baggage handler was not injured during the flight. The cargo hold is, luckily for him, heated and pressurized. Uh, oh, shit. Yeah. Chicago police... Uh, told the media that the handler, when questioned by police, said he was intoxicated and had fallen asleep. He was sent back to Kansas City and no charges have been filed. Uh, he is a Piedmont Airlines employee, never heard of it, who was working on American Airlines flight AA363. The employee inadvertently fell asleep in the forward cargo hold, which was not loaded with cargo on the flight. So dude just took a nap in the cargo area of the plane. Still employed? At this point. <laughs> wow. What's it take to get fired there? <laughs> Show up sober? No kidding. Oh my god, that's. Uh, I feel like that's something Scott would do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scott's now a baggage handler, apparently. <laughs> oh god, that's all the news we got. Uh, everybody that's here, thank you guys for coming out. Everybody that's listening at home, thank you guys for listening at home. Eight one eight Brewing is at eight nine five one Desoto Avenue in Canoga Park, uh, right next to Larry Flint's old. Uh, Old studio there. Yes. I'm sure everybody knows where that is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before we get out of here, what kind of events you guys got coming up? 
Uh, we got a lot of stuff coming up for uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, we'll be open uh, Wednesday before uh, Thanksgiving for the first time. Are you open on Thanksgiving in case I can't stand my family? No, we're, uh. we're, we're going to... We're gonna close for Thanksgiving for the families. All right, uh, I guess I'll do the growler. Well, we for that. will be we will be available the day after Thanksgiving, and we'll have these bad boys back on sale. Black oh, Friday, so sale. we're gonna have a Black Friday uh, special on merch and, nice. and everything for Black. Everybody that's uh, needs a holiday break. Yeah, yes. everybody sure. shopping on Black Friday is gonna need a drink. Yes, absolutely. It's ridiculous. And we have some beautiful uh, double wall vacuum sealed uh, stainless growlers that look like little mini kegs. Mm-hmm. We got those going on Black Friday special. And then that same week, we have Small Business Saturday. We were awarded the Small Business of the Year for the 27th District. Oh, congratulations. Um, so we're kind of playing off of that and, and right uh, going to have a Small Business uh, Saturday. So people that bring in a receipt of a purchase from a local small business, and they'll get a raffle ticket. So, Can I just buy a beer and then show you my receipt? That might work. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're also doing a, a Cyber Monday, which will be a cash-only day. So everybody that's been buying enough stuff online on Monday will be able to uh, spend your cash. Spend cash. Oh, nice. All the Love strippers it. come out, bring your ones. And then we will have a Movember event coming up. We're working on something. We don't have all the details ironed out, but uh, Tuesday the 27th, hopefully the Movember actual organization will be here. Oh. So we're just ironing out those details. Nice. And, uh, so people with beards drink free? Free. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'll be here. Yeah. So keep yeah. an eye on our social media, um, uh, Facebook and all that. We'll have we'll have posts on that. All right. Any uh, Christmas ugly sweater, sweater parties? or? Uh, yeah, we'll get through Thanksgiving, and then Christmas we'll... Uh, We'll be doing some stuff. Yeah, don't be thinking about <laughs> Christmas already, man. It's Hallmark's fault. It's true. It's been Christmas since July. <laughs> I think it's Home, oh, De- Home Depot, too, man. Yeah. They, they oh, yeah. Christmas stuff. Out. Home Depot's Ry- the worst. I love that Ryobi stuff on special. <laughs> <laughs> I just need a two-by-four. I don't need Christmas lights. <laughs> I can't send Eric to Home Depot anymore. He comes back with a tool every time. Yeah, every time. <laughs> At least he doesn't come back with, like, a rocket or something. No. <laughs> Jesus. Or a Tesla. All right. Did we miss anything? Have we got uh, all the ways to find it. 818 on all the social medias, 818Brewing, and uh, 818, that's O-N-E, 818Brewing.com. I think that's that's all the goods, right? I think that's, yeah, yeah good. Come out and check, check out the tasting room, check out yeah. the beers. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Come have a couple of beverages and uh, Just don't open those. those French doors. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> don't open them. Stay away from those. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's only a mess behind those doors. <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you guys for having us. Thanks for being here. Thanks for sharing your beer. Thank you. Thanks for making good beer. Uh, Dan, thanks for being here. Yeah. Thank you. You heard there was beer, so he showed up. Thank you for the beers. (laughs) Thanks, everybody that came out to listen. Uh, We are The Unfiltered Gentleman, theunfilteredgentleman.com, at The Unfiltered Gentleman on social media, except for Twitter, at Unfiltered Gents. Everyone listening at home and here in the brewery, go ahead and drunk dial us, 805-538-BEER. That's 2337. 805-538-2337. Drunk dial us. Leave us a very drunk voicemail. We love it. Oh, yeah. Do it. Yeah, we won't judge tonight. you. Yeah, your ex will judge the hell out of you. Yeah. We won't. Do it tonight. Yeah, do it tonight after the show. Uh, I think that's everything. I hope everyone in here is staying hydrated. And on that note, good night, everybody. Good night.